Let's go ahead and stand, and we're going to read Exodus chapter 5, verses 1 through 4. We're back into Moses. Moses, a man God moved. It says in verse number 1, it says, And afterward, Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may hold a feast unto me in the wilderness. And Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord? that I should obey his voice to let Israel go. I know not the Lord, neither will I let Israel go. And they said, The God of the Hebrews hath met with us. Let us go, we pray thee, three days' journey into the desert, and sacrifice unto the Lord our God, lest he fall upon us with pestilence and with the sword. And the king of Egypt said unto them, Wherefore do ye, Moses and Aaron, let the people from their works get you unto your burdens? Sometimes your work sometimes feels like burdens, doesn't it? As we look at this, it's, uh, Moses is a man God moved. When I was studying this, it's amazing. There's a statement that we've made famous because of a, of a movie, an old movie. And it's let my people go. They always, clear, they always talk about this. But there's a question here that I think is more important is Pharaoh's answer. Look in verse number 2 and we'll get a little bit more into this in a little bit. But who is the Lord? He asks this question. Who is this Lord? The world has a different view of what we have. And we've got to understand that God has something for us. Moses was a man that was moved. He was constantly moving. Can you imagine the last 40 years when he's in the wilderness, how he must have felt? Okay, it's time to move again. How many of you like to move? All right, I, I can't imagine how many times they moved. And it wasn't just him that was moving, it was millions of people that were moving with him. And so God had a reason for this. But if you go into chapter 4, we kind of went over this last time. And, and, and before we get into Exodus chapter 5, there's some questions. Moses had given some excuses, hadn't he? You know, there's nothing wrong. We're going to talk about questions asked and answers learned in this chapter. But he had a lot of excuses. Every time he had an excuse, God had an answer. I like the one where he, he, he doesn't know what he's going to do. And God has already supplied the rod that's in his hand. He says, that, that rod you have in your hand, you throw it down. God had already planned for this, and he knew how Moses was going to work, but Moses had, had given excuses. Not only that, now he enters into Pharaoh's presence. You say, well, why is that so important? Because he understood that the former Pharaoh wanted to kill him. But you know, interesting about Moses is that God tells Moses everything's going to happen, and it happens, and Moses still questions him. So the last question is this, everything is going to be alright, correct? He's doing exactly what God wants, and if you do exactly what God wants, everything's going to be okay, right? Watch chapter 5, he's done everything God wants him to do, and it doesn't, he doesn't get the answer that he thinks he's going to get. But God's already told him that Pharaoh's going to say no, Pharaoh's going to say no, he's, I'm going to harden his heart. Let's get right into this, there's some things I want you to see in Exodus chapter 5. There are some, um, the requests that he has. And then we also have the response to this. He's going to go in, he's going to tell Pharaoh what's, what's going to happen, and Pharaoh in turn is going to tell him what he thinks. Don't you just love that when you're going into a meeting and you have no idea how it's going to turn out? It's called faith. And so he goes into one of the most powerful people in the world at that time, but it's all about timing. Don't you just love God's timing? How many of you have ever had something happen and you think, I need the answer what? What is the answer? You want the answer what? Now. 
I want the answer now. But sometimes God's timing is not your timing. Let's go to these verses and see how it responds. And, and we kind of looked at this. It says in, Af, in verse number 1, here is um, the request that he has. And Moses, then, and afterwards Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may hold a feast unto me in the wilderness. It's interesting is the end result that Moses was wanting, it, it, the whole plan is what? For all the Israelites to leave. And what God does, he says, listen, you're going to go in and just ask if you can have a sacrifice. It's going to be a small trip to get him ready for this. And you would think, oh man, if he goes in and, and we say, okay, God, God's told us to do this, he's going to let us do it. Watch Pharaoh's response in verse number 2. Verse number 2 says, and Pharaoh said, who is the Lord? that I shall obey his voice to let Israel go. I know not the Lord, neither will I let Israel go. <laughs> That's an interesting response. And I can almost see Moses going, what is going on? So he asked another one. Look at, look at the next one in verse number three. And, then, then, and they said, the God of Hebrews have met with us. Let us go, we pray thee, three days journey into the desert and sacrifice to the Lord our God. He said, listen, just let us go into the desert. Just a three days journey. And sometimes we look at it and go, that's a small trip. It's not a small trip when you've got a million people going. How many of you like to camp? All right, and I'm not talking RVing, okay? There's a big difference, okay? If Denver would have raised his hands, I would have got him on that. How many of you like to, I mean in a tent. How many, let me see. There's about three of you, okay? Can you imagine saying, okay, we're going to go out and we're going to have a sacrifice, we're going to have a feast, and I want everybody to go, and we invite the whole church. How would you like to do that? Let's take a step further. Let's say this. Okay, you like to, you like to do this. Let's say, I let you organize it. How would you like that? <laughs> now multiply that times how many over a million. It's a big task. Sometimes we look at it as a small task. It's a large task. So Pharaoh says, okay, if this is what you're going to do, Look at his response in verse number 4. His response is this. His response is, And the king of Egypt said unto them, Wherefore do ye Moses and Aaron let the people from their works get you into your burdens? Do you realize what Pharaoh's doing? He's admitting that he is a burden to the Israelites. And he's about ready to make a lot, a lot of things even worse. Um... The questions that he asked, let's go back to those and let's look at some of these questions. The first one is this, who is the Lord that I should obey his voice? Let me tell you this as a Christian, you can't expect the world to have the same philosophy that you have. I think, I personally think, in verse number one, now remember Moses said he was not an order, he didn't like, he didn't like to speak. But I really think if you were to read one, I would, you, I would think that he was probably pretty positive this was going to work. Growing up, when you knew you wanted to do something, you knew who to ask, mom or dad, correct? There were very few times that I asked the wrong one. But when I did, I was shocked. I thought for sure I had mom. I would tell her how good she cooked and how great she looked and how she takes care of us. And then she said, no. We know who to ask. Here, he goes and he says, who is the Lord? 
Now, as a Christian, that's a weird question. Who is the Lord? Of course, Christ is the Lord. And that, that I should obey His voice. Do you not think we are waxing worse? I mean, we, I, I, I can't watch the news. How many of you are talkers to the t TV? I mean, there's, when I see something that I don't agree with, I'm yelling at the TV. And my wife is going, I'm trying to listen to this. Well, let me tell you what's the truth is. They're not going to obey his voice. The world's not. The question here is Pharaoh's question is, who's the Lord? And why that, that I should obey his voice? It wasn't his God. Now, this is very important that you understand this. Because the Egyptians had a lot of gods. And what God is doing is setting this up. It gives me chill bumps to think about this. Because later on, he's going to bring ten, count them, ten plagues to them. And every one of those plagues has got to do with one of their gods. He's going to destroy them. And you say, well, they have a god for lice. Well, they have a, they have a god for the earth. And, it, and you look at some of these and you just see how God knows what He's doing. He's going to understand God's voice, but even at the very end of His life, He didn't obey Him. So His first question is, who is the Lord that I should obey His voice? Look at the next question. Let the people from their works, because all He's thinking about is what these people can do for Him. Let the people from their work. That made no sense to him. It made no sense. This is a humanistic view that he says. He says, listen, these people are here. Now you've got to understand the perspective also of what the Egyptians thought of the Israelites. Well, let's look at it real quick. Go to this verse. Go to verse number five. The first thing that he says about the Israelites, other than these two questions, behold, the people of the land now are what? Many. Now if you are going to battle and you have many slaves, it's a big deal. In, in Pharaoh's plan, it doesn't make any sense with what he's doing. In fact, if anything, he's destroying his own progress with what he says. Look at some of the things he says in these. He says, I'm not going to give you any more straw to make the bricks. Not only am I going to give you no straw, you're not going to get any help to find it. You're going to have to find it yourself. Now, if you've, you, if you've seen anything the Egyptians built back in the days of, of Moses, you see the Sphinx, you see the pyramids, they were quality stuff to last as long as they have. And he's basically taking the quality off of it, saying, listen, I'm not going to give you any straw. I'm going to make you, he's already admitted that he's a burden to them. And his first question, I'm not going to obey this God. I don't even know his voice. And the second thing, the most important thing to Pharaoh is, listen, they are going to work. And then he puts these limitations on him. He says, no straw, no help. And the last one, you've got to do the same amount of work. That's pretty, that's, that just to me, as I, as I, in my notes, it says, this just doesn't make any sense. You ever been at a job where they tell you to do something you know you can't do it? 
Well, you got to do this, 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 you got to do this. And you're thinking, if I clone myself, I might be able to do that. But there's no way I can do this. I think of some teachers in here. Every student learns differently. <laughs> and you're sitting there going, okay, how am I going to teach these kids all the same matter? It's hard to do. You'll help Susie out and Johnny go down the tubes. You'll help Johnny out and Susie go down. And sometimes you always think everything's going well, everything's going well, everything's going well. And then you find out, wow, does God ever make you learn from your mistakes? And here in this aspect of it, this makes no, no, this makes no understanding when you look at it. Makes no sense. We're not going to give you any straw. We're not going to give you any help. And you've got to do the same amount. Well, as we look, these are some questions that Pharaoh had. And they were answered and God answered them. But God's timing is always right. How many of you believe that? God's timing is always right? Only four of us. But I'm saying this, God's timing is always right. For you that didn't raise your hand, God's timing is always right. Let's say it together. God's timing is always right. That was terrible. God's timing is always right. One more time. God's timing is always right. I shut my eyes so I wouldn't see the ones that weren't saying it, okay? God's timing is always right. He knows exactly what he's doing. And we sometimes we go, well, why is this happening? What happened in this situation? Why did God allow this to happen or allow that to happen? And there's nothing wrong with having some questions because later on, we're going to look at Moses' questions because Moses has some questions in this chapter. And it's very interesting when you study this. Let's look at these really quick. And there's three of them in here. Pharaoh wasn't ready yet. Even when he does the tenth one and he's lost his own son, he is only ready for a short time because he recants it and goes after them. He wasn't ready at all on this one. You know why? Because these people meant something to him. These Israelites, although they were many, they meant something to him. But then you have this aspect of this, that Pharaoh wasn't ready. You know who else wasn't ready? Israelites weren't ready. They weren't ready. They weren't ready to go on this journey. And the third one is this, Moses wasn't ready. Let's break these down and look at this. And I want you to see this. In verse number 8, um, you'll see, um, in verse number 8 and 17, Pharaoh wasn't ready. It says in, in verse number 8, it says, and the, and the tail of the bricks which they did make heretofore, Ye shall lay upon them, ye shall not diminish aught thereof, for ye shall be idle. Therefore, before they, they cry, saying, let us go, and look at this, sacrifice to our Lord. He's, saying, he's, he's repeating what they said. They want to go sacrifice to our Lord? They, he doesn't have any idea who this Lord is. Go to verse number 17. But he said, ye are idle, ye are idle. Therefore, ye say, let us go and do sacrifice to the Lord. He's saying, listen, you have got to get this done for me. Can you imagine how, e how easy it would have been for him to say yes at that point and how much problems he would have missed? But there's an aspect of this when you say that, it, make, it makes total sense. But the other side of it is this. If he would have let him go, Egypt would have still been powerful. And Egypt, it would have been only a matter of time before Egypt would have went around the Red Sea and would have went after him. See, God's timing, remember that bottom part? God's timing is always right. 
Now watch. Not only were they, Pharaoh wasn't ready, the Israelites weren't ready in chapter 5. Watch what they do. Go to verse number 15. It says in verse number 15, Then the officers of the children of Israel came and cried unto Pharaoh, saying, Wherefore dealest thou thus with thy servants? Look at what, he, what they call themselves to him. This was God's chosen people, but they refer to themselves as servants to the world. I find this very interesting also. They don't go to the person that's in charge of them. They go to their enemy. How come Baptists do that all the time? If I've got a problem with Bernard, do you think I should go tell Brother Shoup and see what he thinks? And then I'll go to Brother Wayne, see what he thinks. Go to, I, I, go, I go to all these places and I don't even go to the man that I'm supposed to talk to. If they would have went just to Moses and asked him, what do you do? They go to Pharaoh and they're starting, oh Lord, what's going on Lord, what are we going to do? And, the, and let's go talk, let's forget God altogether and let's go see Moses. And they, he asked that question, well, Pharaoh doesn't do well with it and he does something to them and he explains everything to them. Keep reading verse number 16. There is no straw given unto thy servants and they say to us, make brick and behold thy servants are beaten but the fault is in thine own people. Now they're taking a stand right there but on numerous occasions they're calling themselves servants. And yes, were they servants at that time but that's not what God intended for them to be. Verse number 18, Go therefore now and work, for there shall no straw be given you, yet shall ye deliver the tale of bricks. And the officers of the children of Israel did see that they were in an evil case after it was said, Ye shall not minish aught from your bricks of your daily task. Now watch this. Look at the next three words. And they met. I can't tell you how many times I, I, I read the story of Moses and I think, everybody wants to kill him. I mean, everybody doesn't like him. When you're, in a, when you're in a leadership position, some people don't like you. And I understand that. You understand that if you're in any leadership, there's people that don't like you. And they don't go the right way. They've already went to Pharaoh and said, what's going on? He tells them what it is and... And in this story, in verse number 20, it says, They met Moses and Aaron who stood in the way as they came forth from, from, from Pharaoh. Now listen to what he says and what they say. And they said unto him, The Lord look upon you and judge because ye have made our savor to be abhorred in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of his servant to put a sword in their hand to slay us. These guys are, they're, they're distraught with everything and of course they should be they can't make the bricks like they used to because they don't have the straw and they're going to have to do it but God's going to take care of them eventually there's questions that Pharaoh had these guys wanted answers basically what are they saying is why did you do this everything was going okay because God had a bigger plan for their life but it wasn't in God's timing yet but it's going to be. But look at this last one. Moses wasn't ready. They go and they start talking to Moses. And what does Moses do? He listens to their appeal, but then he asks some questions. I want you to see these questions. And it's all in one verse. Moses' questions, the first one is this. 
Wherefore hast thou so evil and treated this people? God had already told them what they were going to do. God had already told Moses what he's going to do. He hears from these people and these people affect him. Can I say this to you? When people say things to you, it affects you. Good, bad, or indifferent, it's going to affect you. I love it when people come up and have great compliments they think and they say it to me and it's not a compliment. You know, you've heard me say this and I'm going to use this as a funny illustration, but as I look at my tie, if you come up to me and my wife is not with me and she's out of town and I'm wearing a tie to suit with my suit and you come up to me when she's gone and you say, that tie doesn't match. At that point, I don't know if you're telling me the truth or not. I'm colorblind, for you that are visiting, I'm colorblind, I don't see very, very good colors. And so all of a sudden it sort of affects me. And then anybody, if I saw this, then Ray would look at my tie and then he'd say something to his wife, I'd think, okay, this tie doesn't match. And then I'd want to take the tie off and, and that, that's an unpardonable sin as a pastor of a Baptist church, I guess. And, and so then, then I would get in trouble for that and I'd be excommunicated and all this other thing. It's just because um, Bernard made fun of my tie. Isn't it interesting how we respond to things that are said to us? Look what he says. He says, Wherefore hast thou so evil entreated this people? These were his people. These were the people that Moses was going to lead in the wilderness. They come to him and say, Why did you do this? And he flips it on God. There's nothing wrong with questioning God as long as you follow what God tells you to do. Many people in the Bible questioned God, but they still followed him. There were times probably when Noah said, why am I building this ark? Do you think he was just happy every day he got up for 120 years? Come on, man. How many of you are moody? You ever think, man, this task is overbearing? How many of you have been to the ark? How would you like to build that with three men? Your, 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 your sons. And maybe he had other people help him. But I can't imagine building that thing. I can't even, I'd, I'd pray that God would never ask me to build that thing. You would pray that too. But as we look at this, man, he had some of these questions. Wherefore hast thou so evil entreated these people? Look at verse number 22. And Moses returned unto the Lord. Here is who he's asking. When you think of that question, think of where Moses has come from. Let's go all the way back to the beginning of his life. The beginning of his life was not even supposed to take place. He was supposed to be killed. His mom puts him, his sister puts him in a basket and puts him down the river. And watches it and all of a sudden what? Pharaoh's daughter sees it. And he's saved. Miraculously. Then... He grows up, gets the education he needs to. He's got the best education he could possibly have. He's in Pharaoh's court, knows everything about Pharaoh, and he is what they call an Hebrew child, which was not supposed to happen. He gets mad about a situation. He kills somebody. Then he flees to the wilderness. While he's in the wilderness, 40 years later, a bush is burning but not consuming itself. He goes up, he's curious about it, he looks at it, and God talks to him. God tells him what he's going to do, and God sets all this up, and he has done everything that he had to do. He questions why I can't talk. 
Why would you have me? These people want to kill me. God gets that Pharaoh out of the way and brings another Pharaoh. He's going to offend the second Pharaoh, praise God. And so he goes in here and he starts talking. My point is, he's went through all these miraculous things. He tells, the, he tells Pharaoh, let my people go. Let them out. And, and he knows Pharaoh doesn't believe in his God. And all it takes is some Hebrew people to come up to him and say, why'd you do that? Why'd you do that? You're making my life more miserable. And they didn't understand God's timing. And then he turns it on God in verse number 23, 22. Moses returned to the Lord and said, Wherefore hast thou so evil entreated this people? I think it would have been more evil if God would have just let him keep working for the Egyptians. He had to break the ties. He had to break the bind that was binding them together. But his first reaction when this is all over, he, he's, he's talked to God. How many of you, I'm not going to watch, but how many of you ever heard God speak in an audible voice? I have not, hopefully you have not either. But Moses has. He's heard his voice. Remember what he said to Moses? He said, take your shoes off. I've never had that privilege. I won't have that privilege until I, I, I enter heaven's gate. He's seen many different things. He knows God can do anything he, he wants. God has delivered a man that was in the king's palace, killed someone, and brought him back to the king's palace when they were seeking his life. The first thing he does when a little he, some of these Hebrew guys come up to him saying, we've been beaten, we've done all these things, why did you do this? The first thing he looks at God and says, look, wherefore hast thou so evil and treated this people? Had God treated them evil? No. God's just preparing for him, and God's timing is always right. Look at the second question. He questions why God did this to the people. Then the second part of this, when you question, look at the next, ver next question. He goes back to himself. He doubts himself. Now Moses, to me, is a very strong leader. It says, why is it thou, that thou hast sent me? Not getting the job done, God. I think Brother Sturgill said this on, I think, Tuesday night. He said, sometimes we quit right when the victory is right around the corner. Now, even when Moses fulfills what God says for him to do, his life has always been a rough situation. I would say Moses probably went through more than any of the other people in the Bible. Paul went through a lot, but Moses, I can just see him aging quickly. It's funny when you see people like Brother May was here this morning from our church. He just found our church driving by, saw the sign. Said, surely that couldn't be the Walter Wagner I know, and it was. There's only a few of us, amen? One of the first things he said to me was, you know, you look a little bit different. What does that mean? Sometimes we go through a lot, don't we? But aren't you thankful that God's always with you? God's timing is always the best. It says, why is it that thou hast sent me? Don't doubt what God brought you in that he'll get you out of it also. <laughs> I love the, sto the, the story that, um, and I don't have Cody's voice, but I love the story of the ship he talked about. He was talking about the ship and it was going down and his disciples 
woke him up and said, hey, we're going to die here. And what's, what's he look at him? He says, he looks at him, he says, oh, ye of little faith. Oh, ye of little faith. We've got to get back and understand that God has something for us. Why is it that thou hast sent me? Moses' questions, where, where, wherefore hast thou so evil and treated this people? Why is it that thou hast sent me? Watch this. We don't understand all things about God. And aren't you thankful we don't? I can't imagine how Jesus felt on the earth. What I mean by that is, he knew everybody's thoughts. He knew how everybody's going to let him down. And yet, he washed their feet. He knew the lepers, ten of them, that only one of them was going to come back. And yet he still did it. See, Moses doesn't have this option. But can I say this? We don't understand all things about God, but God has a plan. You know, we had our work day about two weeks ago. And I said, I need about 30 people. And I'll be honest with you, I was skeptical we'd have 30 people. Then all of a sudden, you guys came out of the woodwork. We had over 40 people here. I had people that never saw the other people that were in the building that were outside the building. And you couldn't see outside the building anyway with all the dust that we got out of that building. And as, as we started tearing everything apart and getting where it needs to go, and now we can see the floor, amen, of the building, you just see how God works everything. And all of a sudden, the plans that I had for small things were, okay, well, we've got to do all this. God has a plan for your life. You just got to seek Him and trust in Him. And if you don't trust in Him, who are you going to trust in? The Bible says some trust in chariots. Sometimes we just trust in our circumstances. Oh, we can get there, we'll do it okay. I love when you're talking to people and you say, I'll see you on Wednesday, and they'll say this, Lord willing, we don't know what's going to happen in the next two days. But God does, because what? God has a plan. God had a plan for Pharaoh. He wanted to harden his heart and he was going to destroy Egypt, which was already built back up by what? A man by Joseph that we study. And now he's going to destroy it piece by piece to get the Israelites out. He had a plan for the Israelites. And he had a plan for Moses. Go to verse number 23. It says, For since I came to Pharaoh to speak in thy name, he hath done evil to this people, neither hast thou delivered thy people at all. I don't know what Moses was thinking, but he wasn't listening to what God had told him. God had a plan. Now, with that, let's make this on our personal level. We have um, Pharaoh's questions. Who is the Lord that I should obey his voice? Let the people from their works, the questions were asked, Moses' question, wherefore, wherefore hast thou so evil and treated this people, and why is it that thou hast sent me? Let's look at some questions for us. Let's make it personal. Here's some questions for you. It's, it's this, problems will come. Let's say this together. Problems will come. And, I, you know, I like, I, again, I'm reverting back to what Brother Sturgill said. You know what he said? You can either look at a problem as a problem, or you can look at a problem as a victory. Sure is quiet in here. 
You can look at problems as problems or you can look at problems as victories. Just keep telling yourself that. It will work. You ever had a problem in your life? You asked God to help you through it? And you got through it, and what happened? You saw a victory. Amen. But here's some questions for you. Just four quick questions. Why, what does God have for my plans? What does God have for your plans? Well, I'm just going to sit in a pew for the next ten years, and I'm going to die, and I'm going to see Jesus. You think that's God's plan for your, your life? No. We don't know the timing God has for us, but I do know this, God has a plan. Not only this, let's look at the second question. When does God want me to follow His plan? What's, that, what's the answer to that one? Now. now, all the time. And you know what? God can do more than one thing in your life at a time, can He not? Because he was simultaneously getting Pharaoh ready, he was simultaneously getting the Israelites ready, and he was simultaneously getting um, Moses ready. Now they didn't know it at the time, but he's getting them all ready for this in, in, Genesis, in Exodus chapter 5. God wants us to follow his plan now. Does he want it to do it tomorrow? Yes. Does he want us to do it Tuesday? Yes. Does he only want you to follow God's plan on Sunday and Wednesday? No. He wants you to follow it seven days a week. You don't get a break from being a Christian. He wants you to follow it. Third question, what are my excuses? Well, can you imagine standing before God? Why didn't you go to church on Sunday? It was raining. Can you imagine telling God that? It was raining. I mean, it was, it was raining hard. The only time that we have excuses is like the last time last winter when the guy said we were going to get one to two inches and he only missed it by the hyphen. You take the hyphen out, he got it right, we got 12 inches. I woke up that morning and go, what just happened? Because usually the forecasters are terrible and they work their way down. They were, they were conservative and, they were, and it worked its way up. But sometimes we come up with, a, with some miserable excuses. Well, it's going to be hard, God. I would rather stay in the center of God's will and be protected by Him than go off on my own. Amen. And that's what sometimes we do. I can do this myself. My Bible says, trust in the Lord with what? With all thine heart and lean not to thine own understanding. And watch this, in all thy ways, what's the next part? Acknowledge Him. He... What's all your ways? Someone help me. What's the word all means? All. Have you heard the story of the little girl? What's all means? She says all means all, and that's all all means. <laughs> means everything. That means when we're, when, we're, when we're doing our daily task, when we're, when, we're, when we're going something major, we're doing this, we're doing that. And you know what? Your life is complex. Moses' life was complex. Watch this. He was going to bring the Israelites, and then he has to think, food? Travel. He's going to have to think how they're going to pay for things, where they're going to go. Can you imagine the day, let's go forward a little bit, can you imagine the day when he takes the Israelites out? And they come up to him and say, what are we going to do? We're going to, get in, we're going to just go in a caravan? We're going to, you follow me. And you say, he didn't know geographically where he was. Because he comes up to a Red Sea. Well, who put that there? 
Let me tell you who did. God did. And all these things, he's got all these animals, got all these people, all these children. Can you imagine how many kids were there? Can you imagine how many people were there? They get to the Red Sea, and you know what he says to them? We're going to move forward. Forward meant water. The next question is, how many of you can swim? Because we've got to get through this. God had a plan. We've got excuse after excuse after excuse. You know what, what if I was... Um, if I was Moses, my excuse would be, there's a lot of people here. I can't do this. We have an excuse. Look at the next one. What if I don't see the end result of His plan in any, any time frame in my life? I don't see God's plans all the time. I just know what God wants me to do. And we just do it consistently where we need to be. And you know what? We'll plot along, we'll plot along as long as we're doing what God wants. That's what we need to do. You say, well, sometimes there's some mundane times, and sometimes there's some boring times, sometimes there's exciting times, sometimes there's problems, sometimes there's not problems. Just keep going. Because watch this, the last two words. You're either going to have faith, or you're going to have fear. <coughs> Let's just face this. I don't know what God has for every one of you in this room, but He's not going to use you like He used Moses. You know why Moses is in the Bible? To show us if he can do it, we can do it. He's about ready to go head to head with a man. He's the most powerful man in the, in, in the world at this point. You want to talk about fear? Moses was a man of faith. Because he went back ten times. And every time he went back, guess what? Something else has happened. Can you imagine what he must have felt going into the last time? And then telling them, listen, the firstborn are going to die. Do you understand that? The firstborn are going to die. And you know what? After a while, you would think Pharaoh would say, you know, everything he said has happened. This is going to happen. But he doesn't answer the right way. And the firstborn died. Moses was a man of faith. And I'm sure there was some fear involved, but you know what? He did what God wanted him to do. It's okay to question, but we need to move on. It's okay to have some fear, but we need to move on. If you're not scared in certain situations, I don't know where you are in this world. I have a granddaughter, and I pray for this world every day because of my granddaughter. I don't want her to see what I think she's going to see in her lifetime. I'm praying that the Lord comes quickly. I want God to come back. I want God to take and do His work through us. God has a plan for us, but we need to do it. Don't just worry about what people say to you. Do what God has. Don't expect the world to have the same thought process as we do. They won't have it. God's always teaching you through every situation. What is He teaching you now? 